0: Hi everyone, future Matteo here with a quick predictions update. Uh, A few of the things that we actually talked about later on in the episode in regards to game announcements we'd like to see at the Game Awards have actually leaked. I'm a little surprised that we got that stuff spot on, but those type of things happen. So uh, anyways, sit back, relax, enjoy the show, and we will see you soon with our official breakdown for the Game Awards. Take it away, past Matteo, Gino, and Jules. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another exciting adventure at the Hub World. Today's quest will have us talking about the Game Award nominees and predictions. My name is Mateo, and today I'm joined by... Gino. And Jules. Whether you're joining our adventure from YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify, be sure to like and subscribe. Now, let's get this adventure rolling. So, we're going to have a... Discussion today about what we hope and think will be going on in the Game Awards. I think the first thing I actually want to address about the Game Awards is the controversial thing about the timing of when they shut their their window for what games are eligible or not. Because I think the day God of War came out was the last day of eligibility for what could enter the Game Awards. So like anything that comes out after mid-November and December is... ...pushed into next year, and at that point, they'll be basically forgotten about in the next Game Awards. Like Halo Infinite, technically, this year is eligible, but it wasn't going to win anything anyways. But at least the sort of olive branch that should have been extended wasn't. So for our Hubworld Game Awards, we're not going to be doing that. We're going to be doing the Game Awards in January, and we'll have time to reflect. We'll have an entire winter to reflect on games and I think that is the most fair way to form an opinion. So anyways, we're going to save the two big categories for last, which is Game of the Year and probably most anticipated I'd think would be our second biggest one that we'd like to talk about. So we're just going to open up the big list of nominees here. We're not going to do stuff like esports or smaller categories that we have it don't really have an opinion on. So we're just going to do the main bulk of the ones. I, th- I still think it's like, it'll probably be like 15 to 20 categories we'll talk about. But for best game direction, we have Elden Ring, God of War Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, Immortality, and Stray. Just putting this out there, none of us have played Elden Ring, so... The
1: rally has and he swears by it, and the industry swears by it, so... Um
2: Elden Ring is also one of those games that like I just haven't found a time to just sit down and play it cuz it came out at a very inopportune time for me personally and I just haven't had the ability to go in and like just enjoy it. I think I would, but then again I say that every time there's a souls games I tried with Sekiro, I tried with Bloodborne and I just I just couldn't finish it cuz I just got frustrated.
0: Yeah. Yeah. For me souls games are just not my thing. I haven't tried and I just know just from looking that I will not enjoy those games. Like, I just don't like getting my head beaten in every single time I play a game. So I probably won't be voting for Elden Ring unless I know, like, it is the clear front-runner. If I'm being
1: honest with you, and I'm trying to put an objective stance on this, considering, like, games I haven't played or... And just also what the industry's saying, I think of all the games in this category, Elden Ring, in my opinion, is the front-runner. Because I think that... When I look at games like God of War, I mean for a lot of these categories I'm only really looking at Elden Ring and God of War because they are the front run- runners. But just I'm going to directly compare them. I don't think there's anything impressive of the direction of God of War. I believe that the direction of God of War could have used a little bit more refinement. Like I still think the game was like fantastic, but in terms of just like direction and vision, I don't think the scope of God of War Ragnarok was what it could have been. And yeah. I look at a game like Elden Ring and I say like, regardless of how you feel about the gameplay, regardless of how you feel about these types of games, like there is very clear vision in that, in that game. Like that game is like the culmination of George RR R. Martin's like lore building, world building into like this incredible, like artistic design. And like, like there, there's so many incredible pieces that I think the direction of Elden Ring was phenomenal, regardless of what the application or how you feel about the application. I do think that the direction was uh, was the strongest contender here. Like, I don't think anything else compares to that yeah. scope.
0: If that makes sense, because if, if you base that on the the description of what they mean by game direction, they're like, awarded for outstanding creative vision and innovation in game direction and design. And I think it's just difficult for a sequel like ragnarok or horizon forbidden west to innovate on those two things because they're not wholly original anymore because there's building off of what came before both games weren't a massive step in those regards i think there was ways for those games to
1: have like solid like direction but like like we kind of said in our last episode at least like looking at god of war like that I do have complaints about God of War, and I don't think they affect the quality of the game, but they're definitely like a direction-based decision, right? Like the decision yeah. to make most of the new, or sorry, not new, most of the abilities from the original game rather than making new ones. The direction of not going, because one of the first decisions they made, or sorry, not even while they were making the game, one of the decisions they made during development was, is this a three-game saga or is this a two game saga and they didn't know when they started it and they ended up doing two and like having played it as much as i love the game and i i I love the core of the story and the heart and like the gameplay like from a spectacle point of view and from a scope point of view like i almost wish they had done three because i i do feel like the game wrapped up really quick and i i do feel like there was some missing spectacle Mm -hmm. Um, and there could have been, so I, that's where I'm saying, like, I feel like the direction could have been more refined because I do think there were choices made that did ultimately hinder the game from being even better than it could have been.
2: And kind of bringing this back into Elden Ring also, it's just, I feel like with what Elden Ring did, it didn't really, and this might be a hot take from someone who hasn't played the game and, but I want to play the game and experience it because I've heard all these really fun and cool things where like, okay, there's no quest log. It has this like retro feeling to it where like okay, you have to sit down, write down, remember which NPCs you have to talk to, go to specific areas. The game doesn't handhold you, and that's what also adds to its difficulty, and I feel like that would be very cool. But that's not doing anything new and innovative. That's just reminding us of how things used to be.
0: Elden Ring probably would win that, but I think something that is definitely more of a toss-up is the next category, which is Best Narrative. And Narrative is... For outstanding storytelling and narrative development in a game. A Plague Tale Requiem, Elden Ring, God of War Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, and Immortality. Now, to me, like, this is God of Wars to take. I've only played two games. I've heard Plague Tale's very good. Elden Ring, obviously. And then Immortality, I've just only heard people say it by name only. Like, I don't know what that game is about, but... For my money, it would be God of War Ragnarok. Just 2018 God of War was exceptional in its narrative. And this is I think no different. The people that they have working on those games know how to write.
1: So as somebody who like really, really gives a shit about narrative, like and form and like the different components of narrative, it's really tough for me to pick this one because one, I haven't I haven't seen the narrative of a lot of these, so I can really only focus on God of War. But when I'm talking about God of War, like this is where I almost feel like, and this is just in general, like a criticism I have of the Game Awards itself, is mm-hmm. I feel like certain categories should be broken up because even story, like if we're talking about which game made me feel the most, which game had like the best character moments or the best character arc, like God of War hands down is the single best character arc I've seen in a story-driven game, period. Like, and the only thing that I think even rivals it are like in last of us part two like i i really love ellie's character arc but the problem is i think the plot of god of War ragnarok is actually really messy i really was disappointed by the plot and that makes it hard for me to say that i think this game should win best story like did this game make me cry yes did this game make me feel like "Oh, oh my god i'm so like connected to kratos a character i've never felt connected to before like yes Were the character interactions and, like, the parallels and the, like, dialogue and the writing, like, exceptional? Like, yes. But the plot itself was very, very underwhelming. And I actually was really disappointed at the end of it with the plot. I I felt like there was a complete lack of follow-through with a lot of the things that they started in the first game. And I don't know why. I don't know if that's because it was rushed, like the ending. and Or I don't, I don't know if like things changed in terms of the story direction. But like I, I just felt like they really, really missed
0: the point of the plot. But the thing is, God of War Ragnarok is a very linear game. And there aren't that many side quests compared to Horizon. And Elden Ring, as far as I know is it's an open-world game, so you there's a very good chance that you're not going to get the entire experience through one sitting of that game. Uh, there was a building, but it does have a linear narrative, Elden Ring. Oh, okay. But like the, it's the, not the, like the other Souls games, yeah. With everything considered, I still think the characters of God of War Ragnarok are just so phenomenal. And I think, yeah, the ending of Ragnarok is definitely messy but i still think everything else is really 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 good it pains me to not vote for horizon but i just think like this is another year that horizon's just going to get forgotten but this year it's actually playstation doing it to their own game for the most part but i i still i still would have to go with god of war ragnarok to be honest with you horizon yeah. definitely had moments but like you said the fact that they made kratos a likable and sympathetic character it's god's work as far as i'm yeah concerned. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but yeah I, I do share the same sentiment that jules has with with god of war where like i feel like this game needed a threequel just to like make a lot of the story beats i feel like work like a lot of the stuff towards the end of the game felt like okay this could be told in like a part two we could have like a like another moment where we can go and explore the worlds and like a third like in in like a third version, like I feel like it needed like Ragnarok part one and two. but the story that we did get was still very good. and kind of like going back to our previous episode also when matteo was, uh, was talking about this game, a lot of the side characters really stepped it up. I'm excited yeah. to see, okay, are we okay to talk about like some spoiler stuff?
1: Yes, well, let's say right now, if you're still listening and you're wary of God of War spoilers, maybe uh, skip ahead like 10 minutes.
2: I feel like I want to know what Atreus is doing. I want to know what Freya is going to be up to. What Sindri's story going to be? Like, I, I have these questions, and I'm like, okay, can they make future installments of this world under the God of War banner? Or is it just going to be, like, something else? Like, what would Like, what would any future titles in this game series be now, right?
1: Well, that's the thing, is I don't think... I think thematically, we won't get closure to some of those stories. Yeah. Like, I I think thematically, like, especially because they have said this is the end of the Norse saga, right? Like, I, I do yeah. think thematically, like, characters like Sindri are not going to show up again, right? Like, I I do think that these are the ends of those stories. That, is it possible that some characters, if they go into, like, Egypt or Mayan or... Um, Japanese mythologies next that some characters continue absolutely like I yeah. I definitely think there is a pathway for Atreus and for Mimir and for Tyr to show up in future games but I, I don't think characters like Freya or Sindri um, yeah. are going to continue into the next saga
0: yeah maybe we'll save this for a God of War podcast later on I think we we're getting into the weeds a little too much
2: yeah my takeaway is I want to talk about this more
0: yeah. Yeah, we'll
1: we'll do another episode, Gino. We will. Yeah. We'll come back.
0: I think this category is a little more black and white. Best art direction for outstanding creative and or technical achievement in artistic design and animation. The nominees were Elden Ring, God of War Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, Scorn, and Stray. So the one that immediately pops out to me as like, wow, was Scorn, for better or for worse. Like I would never play Scorn because it it's just not my cup of tea with all the blood and and guts and all that weird that that art style it's very provocative but i tip my hat to the developers because that's something that's never been done before to that extent and it's definitely eye-catching but will that be enough for it to win because like i still think that horizon's a very beautiful game god of war is a very beautiful game but I think people will vote for Elden Ring. I think Elden Ring probably will win. I think Elden Ring will win this
1: one, just based off of because I don't think it's just about when it comes to art direction. I don't think it's just about like what are the prettiest graphics or what looks beautiful. Um, it's it's definitely very much about like even the concept art mm-hmm. and like the style, the variety, um, stylistically. As well. Like yeah, like stylistically, Elden Ring does have like a massive edge. Like the designs of the like enemies and the and the world are like very imaginative, very imaginative, and very unique. So I I do think that I don't know much about Scorn, so I can't really talk about that. But of the games I have played and the games I'm aware of, I think Elden Ring is definitely getting this one. Like I actually think it would be a travesty if a game like God of War or Horizon got art direction over Elden Ring because. Again, it comes back to this kind of they're at a disadvantage because it's a direct sequel. So a lot of the enemies, a lot of the world, a lot of the um, motifs like we've seen before. There's nothing inherently new about it.
0: Yeah, so uh, the next category is best score slash music. For outstanding music, inclusive of score, original song, and or licensed soundtrack. The five games uh, represented are Plague Tale Requiem, Elden Ring, God of War Ragnarok, Metal Hellsinger, and Xenoblade Chronicles 3. I've only played God of War Ragnarok of these. Um, I know how incredible Xenoblade soundtrack is, and honestly, that would be my pick. Like, I've even played the game, and I love the soundtrack of that game. But I kind of don't agree with the fact that Sonic Frontiers wasn't nominated. I, act, I think yeah. Like, My
1: actual pick would be Sonic Frontiers. Yeah,
0: or I would even put Kirby and the Forgotten Land on here. That soundtrack is incredible as well. If there was any category for Xenoblade to win, it would be this one. But I mean, I don't, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I think people are not going to vote for Xenoblade. I think Xenoblade's going to go zero for three on the night.
1: Well, if I were to say which game do I actually think should get this based off the games I've played, like yeah, absolutely, I'm looking at games like. Sonic Frontiers had incredible music. Well, you um, played Xenoblade. Yeah, no, I know. I'm just saying. And also, like, I actually think that Digimon Survive had really good music, but of course that game's never going to get nominations. <laughs> However, I actually don't think Xenoblade should win this category. I think Xenoblade does like one of the things that's attributed to Xenoblade a lot of the time is its music. And of the three Xenoblade games, in my opinion, this game not had the worst music. Like, I'm not quantifying it, but had the least, like, memorable music. Like, I never felt like there were any, like, pick-apart songs that I felt really were anything new. Like, they were very reminiscent of the the previous ones, and, like, some of them were really good. But I, I would give this to God of War. There was, There were tracks in that game that were phenomenal from just, like, an orchestral standpoint. Like, again, spoilers for God of War, but like when he's like rallying the nine realms and there's like that big, like epic
0: music in the background. Like there's a lot of
1: really great music in God of War.
0: God of War has got three phenomenal songs. It's the, the main theme that the man sings. Then there's the theme that the woman sings. And then there's that theme that you just mentioned. Like those three are incredible. We're incredible. Anytime that they came on screen, technically like, The scope of the score doesn't matter. It's like, even if there's one song and that one song is the thing that's nominated, it could win. Like, they're just viewing it that way. So, I mean, who knows? Like, I wouldn't be upset if God of War won, but, like, I personally really like the Xenoblade Chronicles 3 soundtrack, but...
2: Yeah. I unironically listened to the entire God of War Ragnarok soundtrack yesterday, just because. It's quite good.
0: So, also in the sort of sound category is best audio design recognizing the best in-game audio and sound design. A lot of the same nominees, uh, Elden Ring, God of War Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, Gran Turismo 7, and then Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. This is always like the category Call of Duty wins, so I'm just going to go with Call of Duty. Yeah, I don't know enough about this to really... Modern Warfare that. 2 is supposed to be like a rebound game for Call of Duty this time around, so I wouldn't be surprised if... like. They always win, and honestly, like they are very good in the the sound design department. So I, I'll I'll put my vote to that. Now this one is a little uh, controversial, I think, for us because we won't be able to have a. I, I, for me, it's very difficult to decide for this one. But best performance awarded to a individual for voice over acting, motion and or performance capture. You have Ashley Birch, who is from Horizon Forbidden West. She played Aloy. Charlotte McBurney, who's the main character in the Plague Tale Requiem. I don't know her name. I'm sorry. Christopher Judge, who plays Kratos in God of War Ragnarok. Manon Gage, or Gage, she could be French, I don't know, who plays a character in Immortality. I'm sorry, I don't know anything, I don't know anything about immortality. And then Sonny Suljic, or Suljic, could be a Slavic last name, but uh, he was obviously Atreus in God of War Ragnarok. I mean, if Christopher Judge did the motion capture for Kratos... I think there would be a chance for him to win this, in my opinion. Because for me, with God of War Ragnarok, I associate the big moments that Kratos had in that game were ones that he didn't even speak in. So Christopher Judge's performance in those really powerful moving scenes was not a factor because he physically didn't talk.
1: Uh, yeah, I don't think that Christopher Judge it did anything special. Like, I get why he's here. And you know what? I'll be honest, like... I think in God of War 2018, there's a little bit more of an argument because he showed his layers, right? Like Kratos as a character shifted and changed and he wasn't just yelling, Athena, Zeus, like he wasn't just like doing the same things. He he had a new perspective on the character. But here, I don't actually think he even speaks very much in this game. And I don't think what he says, even though the moments are powerful, I don't think there, there are moments where it's like, Little was said. Yeah. So if we're going by just pure like voice acting, I don't think Christopher Judge should be winning this. I actually don't think any of these nominees are very representative of the best voice actors of this year. I I would personally give it to Atreus's voice actor, um, because I think he stepped it up and he did a fantastic job in that game. He was the heart of that game. However, if I were to put my own Two cents into this, I really do feel like other characters in God of War were robbed. Like, I look at this and I'm just like, Sindri's actor should win an award for his performance. Like, he... yeah yeah, I... Freya, not so much for me. I really um, love like Freya. I do yeah, like I her like voice a actress a lot, but I, I don't know. Like, I guess I'd look at like the emotions and like, and like mm. even like Thor's voice actor in God of War Ragnarok is like awesome, incredible, mm. like. And and that's what I mean. Is like I, I feel like there's better characters, and I, I, I don't like this motif of, like, let's just nominate whoever the main character is of whatever this game
0: is. The thing is, though, Ashley Birch, who is my pick, she didn't just voice Aloy. She's vo- she voices multiple characters in Horizon Forbidden West, and all of them are really, really, really good. And, and also, different. she did the motion capture for Aloy as well. And I think that, like... As a character, Aloy is so much better in Forbidden West than she is in the original game. Like, she she doesn't have the baggage she had from, that, from the first game there. So she's really had a lot of time to... Like, this is Aloy at her peak. And I really think she did such a fantastic job in both the motion capture and voice acting of multiple characters. Like, with Kratos, it's an action-speak-louder-than-words type of performance for Ragnarok, for Christopher Judge, in my opinion. So I have to go with Ashley Birch. But, like I said, Sonny Suljic was really good as Atreus as well. But I, I have to go with Ashley Birch. I think, like, her, for me, I really, really... If there's one award I want Horizon to win, aside from, like, Game of the Year, if, I don't think it has a chance to win that. But I think Ashley Birch deserves to get credit for Aloy because she did a phenomenal job. Uh,
2: I, I kind of wanted to to speak to to that Mateo but you kind of you kind of hit all three points um, she had to voice three entirely separate characters that are all entirely the same
1: sure her range was really displayed you know whenever somebody has to play multiple characters that's a testament to their ability so uh, yeah and they didn't play enough of Horizon to be able to speak to this but you I'm in agreement back. with you it's I so believe it.
2: it's so good yep. it's gonna get robbed again wasn't last time it was also against a Souls game and God of War also
1: No, it was against Breath of the Wild and Mario Odyssey.
2: Oh, okay. See, I thought that game was a lot newer than it was.
1: A little bit of an aside here: we recently just found out because Kit and Krista talked about it. Um, now that they no longer work for Nintendo, that apparently Mm -hmm. Nintendo was very worried that Breath of the Wild was not going to win Game of the Year against Horizon Zero Dawn, and it was like a massive concern for them. Like they were like hell bent on. Zelda needed to win and the whole show they were worried it was gonna lose um because they were they were thinking that votes would be split between Mario Odyssey and Breath of the Wild. And then apparently the, when they it actually did win, there were like massive parties all at Nintendo. Like to the point where like Aonuma was like apparently like on edge the whole show.
0: Honestly, that's one of the low key best Nintendo moments, in my opinion, is when Zelda won Game of the Year, you just see the joy. Anonuma, he jumped out of his seat, threw his arms in the air, like the relief, like a weight was lifted off of his shoulders. Like that, honestly, is such a touching moment. I really love that. Also, shout out to Kid and Krista. I listen to their podcast every week. I love them. They're they're honestly one of my favorite listens for uh, any podcast. Honestly, right now, they're really great. Every week, they have a new story about something that happened at Nintendo. Because like they, they were there for such a long time and they had such a breadth of knowledge of the company. And I honestly get a lot out of their podcast. They're so well done. Anyways, uh I don't think I have anything to say about games for impact. Best ongoing game also. And then best indie game. I've only played one of these. Jules, you may have you might have something to say. Cult of the Lamb, Neon White, Sifu, Stray, and Tunic are the nominees. Yeah. Tunic is something that I think should have been nominated for Game of the Year. Honestly, it's one of my favorite games. I hear Neon White is actually a rumor. Neon White's going to be added to Game Pass, so I actually might try that out. Sifu is supposed to be good as well. Call to the Lamb, I've heard good things about. So like this year seems to be keeps getting a very...
2: recommended to me.
0: Yeah, this year seemed to be a really solid year for indies. So that's always yeah. good to good to see. There's definitely a lot of strong indies, and yeah. like definitely I I haven't played
1: really any of them but i've watched my roommate play a bit of Cult of the lamb and Call of the lamb looks really good i really like shovel knight dig but i know that's not on the caliber to be nominated but tunic is one stray? of my I, oh yeah sorry i did play stray as well um i do yeah. really like stray um although i would give it to tunic i think tunic mm-hmm. is one of the most imaginative games of this
0: year like i i, th- I think it's actually being robbed this year yeah and then best <laughs> debut indie game it just shows how good the indie game category is, because three of the five Best Debut Indie Game nominees were Best Indie Game nominees. Yeah. So, just to acknowledge them, Neon White, Norco, Stray, Tunic, and Vampire Survivors. I've actually heard decent things about Vampire Survivors.
2: I know nothing about indie stuff, so this this <laughs> is a bit of a wash for me.
0: <laughs> uh, we're going to throw this one out the window, Best Mobile Game. I heard uh, Marvel, Marvel Snap is supposed to be fun. But, uh, Gino, I hear you really like Diablo Immortal.
2: No. No. Just no. I will admit I was part of the whole like watching like Twitch streamers just drop all the money into this game and still lose to the largest of whales. I did get some kind of like cathartic release out of that just to be like, "Ha, these people are stupid. Look at all these people wasting their money. And then I'm just like, why am I watching this at that point? Uh shout out to Yu-Gi-Oh! Master Duel though cuz that's been great. Yeah. Still play that game every day. Thank you for
0: saying that Gino. But the thing is it's not just a mobile game. It, it, Yu-Gi-Oh! Master Duel is weird because like all of the games that are listed on best mobile game here are only on mobile except for Genshin Impact. But Master Duel is such an incredible Yu-Gi-Oh! sim and I just love how the meta of that game is so different compared to the TCG OCG and Duel Links. Yep. Because of, like, how they stagger the releases of new cards. So, like, the metas can stay sort of relevant for longer. Mm-hmm. I I just really like that. And it's actually a very easy game to do well in. Because they're not disgusting with microtransactions. They're always giving out free gems. So, Master Duel is just such a good game.
2: It's very fair, I will say. It's very fair.
0: Yes, thank you for mentioning that, Gino. I really, I'm happy you, you said forgot. That. Yeah, you forgot. I did forget because I play it on Xbox more than I play on mobile in all fairness, but
2: I play I play it exclusively on phone.
0: Best community support. Uh I don't think we have much to say about that. Best VR AR game. Uh I don't think any of us played have any, played no. any of the nominees this year.
2: I own an Oculus Quest 2 and I probably haven't used it in about seven Yeah, months. I own a PSVR
0: <laughs> and I barely use it. Innovation and accessibility, I don't think we really have much to say about these either. I
2: will say God of War, actually, right on boot up. And this was something that I was very impressed and happy that they included. Before you started, they walked you through all the accessibility stuff. If you needed that, more games need to do that. Good on that.
1: Yeah, I will say in general, Sony Studios have been really good with accessibility. Like, there's a lot of cool options that you wouldn't, like, really think to consider um and then yeah. when you really look at them you're like wow like this could be really helpful to somebody else or to me and i i really appreciate that but anyway let's continue
0: so the next category that we'll talk about is best action game yep. uh for the best game in the action genre focused primarily on combat the nominees are bayonetta 3 call of duty modern warfare 2 Neon White, Sifu, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Shredder's Revenge. Let
1: me just say, before we do this, I would like to highlight that the category says focus on combat. Primarily on combat. Primarily on combat. And I would just like to, before we get there, and I inevitably rant, I would like to just plant the seed that Elden Ring is a game where you primarily fight enemies. That is literally the gameplay mechanic. Let's just say that.
0: <laughs> okay. For me, the only one I've played here is Shredder's Revenge. And I I think, in my opinion, Shredder's Revenge is probably one of the best beat-em-ups I've ever played. And I love that game so much. We had such a good time playing it. All of us played through that game in the same playthrough. It was such a great time. But honestly, I don't... Like, I don't know any of the other games. Like, I heard Bayonetta 3 is good. Sifu is nominated for a few things. Neon White, also another indie game nominated for a few things, I heard is also quite good, and I really want to play it when it comes out on Game Pass, even though that hasn't been formally announced yet. And then Modern Warfare 2, like, I don't know how different that Call of Duty is compared to other Call of Duties. So it is coincidentally the only one I've played, but it's I can't see any of the other games being more enjoyable to me than Shredder's Revenge.
1: Yeah, and like yeah. I'm looking at these as well, and I of course I I also haven't played most of these. I've only really played Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Shredder's Revenge. I have Bayonetta three. It's sitting there waiting for me to fall out of my Pokemon phase and go play it.
2: Jules, you love your Bayonetta games.
1: I do love Bayonetta, and I. But that's the thing is. So what I've heard is that. But then again, like if we're basing this off combat, it might still be fine. But I have heard that this is the. Worst of the three, like it's still good, but there are a lot of poor decisions made um, when approaching Bayonetta three. So, and I will say that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Shredder's Revenge is the most fun I've had in a beat 'em up style game since Castle Crashers, and that's yes. saying a lot because Castle Crashers is one of my favorite games. I really like playing Shredder's Revenge, so I like I I personally would give it to TMNT, even though I I haven't played Bayonetta three to compare it, but I do hope TMNT wins.
0: Gotta win something. So, uh, next category is Best Action Adventure Game. For the Best Action Adventure Game Combining Combat with Traversal and Puzzle Solving, A Plague Tale Requiem, God of War Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, Stray, and Tunic. Now, I'm having a really tough time deciding. For me, it's between God of War, Horizon, and Tunic, but when they talk about traversal and puzzle solving specifically, the only game that really had puzzles that really made me scratch my head out of these three was Tunic. The whole thing with the manual and Tunic itself is so unique. And the whole game is a puzzle because it doesn't tell you anything. Like, you have to decipher that manual yourself and assemble the pages and go back. And the combat is really good. I I really think Tunic has a good shot to win this.
1: See, I, I think if the focus was on puzzles, I agree. Tunic should win. And I do think Tunic would have a shot. But I, I think when I think best action adventure, I think action is a very big part of this. And when it comes to Tunic, I don't think action is at its core. I think puzzles. And so I personally actually do think this one should go to God of War, despite the fact that most of the puzzles can be solved by running around for five minutes and then Atreus or Freya or Mamir is just like, have you tried thinking about doing this? I mean, Horizon
0: <laughs> does have really good puzzles as well with the um, a lot a lot of the side quests but and the combat of horizon honestly is the deepest
2: even like taking out the big enemies were puzzles in themselves like right like i forget that the, the in game names for them but you had like the T-Rex machine you had the Spinosaurus machine you had the giant mammoth machine like each one of them like okay when i went into a combat scenario i'm like okay i have to take out these weapons first because it's going to do this 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 and this that's going to make yeah. things way more difficult for me if i don't i was strategizing i was trying to like figure out the best way to take these machines down with the abilities and stuff that I had, which I found really enjoyable. And when you eventually do take those machines down, like, you do get a sense of accomplishment. That is similar true. to, like, how you would finish a torch puzzle in Zelda and, like, you get a chest. Like, it's it was very similar to that kind of feeling. Like, yeah, I did it.
0: Horizon definitely has the best balance between yeah. puzzle solving and combat. And
2: with God of War, it's, again, like, the puzzle solving is just, like, not so much like, okay, here's a chest. You have to throw your spear through... Three things. Oh, okay. And it there's no puzzle. It's just finding the damn thing because it's the same color as all the other things in the environment. And it's just like, oh, can you see it?
0: I I personally don't even think God of War's combat is as deep as Horizon's either. No, it's not. But like Tunic, I just can't get over how well designed the puzzles were in that game.
2: Mateo, Tunic is basically a Souls game.
0: It is, but it's it's not because. I like the art style of Tunic way more. It's not, like, constantly dreary and, like, just sad, almost. Like, I don't know. Like, Tunic, you're playing as a little happy little fox guy. So, for me, it's either, yeah, Tunic or Horizon, I hope, wins that. Um, Now, Jules' favorite category, the one that we've spent a lot of time talking about privately, Best RPG. And the way the Game Awards defines RPG, this is their definition, for the best game designed with rich player character customization and progression including massively multiplayer experiences i don't like that definition at all to be honest (laughs) so the nominees are elden ring live alive pokemon legends arceus triangle strategy and xenoblade chronicles 3. you can take the floor i'm sitting
1: here now and i am going to have my rant i primarily play role-playing games and role-playing as a genre in my opinion, is a certain type of game. And I believe that role-playing needs to be at the core of the gameplay experience, not just in the menus, not just in the creation. And I also think that for these categories, you should be fitting the, the games into which category they fit best into. So if you're only putting them into one of these genre categories, you should put them into the genre that fits the best with their gameplay. Elden Ring has RPG elements. Yes. And by this definition, best game design with rich player character customization progression and massively multiplayer experiences, absolutely Elden Ring fits that description of what an RPG is. But let me tell you right now, that description was made so they could put Elden Ring into this category. Because none of these other games have massively multiplayer experiences. Not one other game has that. Nor do most typical RPGs have that. And rich player, player character customization, yes, that comes with an RPG. That comes with a ton of other games as well because there's a lot of action games, there's a lot of adventure games, there's a lot of strategy games that are adopting RPG elements now in terms of progression and character customization. It's everywhere. God of War has RPG elements. Horizon has RPG elements. Um, Mario and Sonic had <laughs> RPG elements. Lots of games have RPG elements now. And I just think that it's important to have a distinction over what is the core gameplay focus here. And wh- going back to what we said about action, action talked about a game that's primary focus is combat. Yeah. Souls games. Primary focus is combat. It's essentially a boss and enemy rush game. Like that's what it is. The whole game is combat. Yes. There is a deep progression and a deep character customization that can affect how you approach that combat. But ultimately, Elden Ring is not based off of your build, whether you're going to win something. Like, yes, to a degree it is. That helps you. But ultimately, it's also based off of how you are physically playing because it is an action game. It is a combat focused game. For the most part, the average player can't go into Xenoblade Chronicles 3, for example, and go fight a level 70. You're not supposed to fight this enemy at the beginning. You would actually lose. Like the game is actually designed that you you can't do those things cuz the progression is made to fit with this idea of like linear progression and this idea of like you have to level up and grind and build your way to that. Like, that's not what it, like, Elden Ring, you can influence that. Like, Elden Ring, you can you can be good at the core gameplay to surpass that natural progression. That sounds more like an action game than it does an RPG. And I'm just, like, looking at these games, I'm like, that, what they've said, for the best game design with rich player car- character customization, including massively multiplayer experiences, that description doesn't even fit these other four games. It doesn't. There's not rich player to player character customization in Triangle Strategy or in Pokemon Legends Arceus or Live Alive. You can say that there is in Xenoblade Chronicles 3 because it has a job system, but that doesn't fit the other three games here. Despite the fact that Live Alive Triangle Strategy and Pokemon Legends Arceus are at their core gameplay. RPG, And then also including massively multiplayer experiences that literally only applies to Elden Ring and it doesn't apply to any of these games. So what I'm looking at here is this is not even what a typical RPG would be viewed as. This is we want Elden Ring in this this category. We want Elden Ring to win this category. So we've made the category fit Elden Ring, even though it shouldn't. Yeah, I'm really pissed off about this category because RPGs are a niche for the most part, like core RPGs are a niche. RPG elements are everywhere, but core RPGs are a niche. Not a lot of people play JRPGs or even Western RPGs as much as they used to. And it's usually a category where these games, despite them being incredible, despite them having a lot of cool narrative stuff, a lot of cool gameplay stuff, they almost never breach into the big categories. They almost never get nominated for Game of the Year. They almost never get nominated for Best Narrative, despite the fact that they might have that it really, the RPG category has been reserved for the RPGs of the year to battle it out because that's the only thing they're going to get nominated for because they occupy a niche. And for you to take the biggest game of the year that is not at its core, not at its core, an RPG first, and put it into this category so that every other game here that is going to be recognized nowhere else is going to lose to it, that pisses me the fuck off. Like, it just pisses me off. I cannot even express how much of a slap in the face this is to hardcore RPG
0: players. And also, it's it's a disservice to the other games
1: that are nominated. Yeah, it is. Um, And like, I don't know how I would even check this, but I'm curious if I went back and looked at previous years, what the best role-playing description
0: was, if this would be the same description. Because I doubt it is. I think, honestly, people are just going to vote for Elden Ring anyways. But, like, I really love Pokemon Legends Arceus. That would have been my vote. Like, that was the most fun I've had in a Pokemon game. Even counting Scarlet and Violet, I still think I would put Arceus above Scarlet and Violet just in terms of pure fun that I've had in Pokemon and how novel that, that was. And just, I think that, personally, is the most fun I have with an RPG game this year. Also, it's the only one I've played. But I actually really want to try Live Alive. I might. That yeah, might be one that I, I try one day. Yeah.
1: yeah, and I, I would have wanted Xenoblade 3 to win in this category. It should win in this category, but it won't. Like, ultimately, Elden Ring is going to win this category, and it's unfortunate because there's there's been a number of good RPGs this year.
0: So the next category is best fighting game. Very self-explanatory. I honestly think it's a multiverse's category to lose. Sifu's not technically a fighting game. It's a beat-em-up as well. But then you also have King of Fighters 15, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, All Star Battle R, and DNF Duel. Uh, I think, honestly, that's Multiverses to Lose. That game is actually quite fun. And people have written the game off before it even came out, it's similar to Nickelodeon All Star Brawl. But I think it has more staying power than that game. And it actually is worthy of being called a Smash like. Even though it's not as good as, as most Smash Bros games, I think it is worthy of that. Uh, next up is best family game, which I think you can people can just name best Nintendo game. I yep. I don't like this category at all, but it says for the best game appropriate for family play, irrespective of genre or platform. Well, all five games are on Nintendo platforms. Four of them are exclusives, but Kirby in the Forgotten Land, Lego Star Wars: The Skywalker Saga, Mario Plus Rabbit, Sparks of Hope, Nintendo Switch Sports, or Splatoon Three. I really hope Kirby wins this. Yeah, like. Kirby is definitely the best of these games.
1: I don't know if it's the best family game. Like if this if we're voting what's the best game to play with your family, I would give it probably either to Lego Star Wars or to Splatoon or Nintendo Switch Sports. Mm-hmm. Um but if we're looking at like what is the most impressive game in this category that is like a family game, like Kirby and the Forgotten Land is really really strong. It's multiplayer is strong. It's it's platforming is strong. Like it it really showed what Kirby can do in a 3D setting and it was i think it's the most impressive
0: game here 100 yeah. percent. splatoon 3 is really good but it didn't have the staying power that splatoon 2 had and i think it could if they do a dlc expansion like the octo expansion because that octo expansion got me back into splatoon 2 in a really big way but like all i do is splat fests and like i didn't play very much in the pokemon splat fest that they did
1: yeah the online component to splatoon 3 i think was a little bit harder to get into Mm-hmm. Because of how similar it was to the Splatoon two, but the the campaign of Splatoon three was exceptional, mm-hmm. like a big step up from Splatoon two. Not hitting the not necessarily hitting the high of of Octo expansion, but definitely incorporating like both the kind of like casual like l- learning how to play kind of moments of Splatoon one and two's campaign, but also taking the like hardcore challenge of Octo expansion and incorporating it in there. I I really like Splatoon three's
0: campaign. The next category is best sports or racing game. We're not going to talk about that. Best sim and strategy game. Gino played Two Point Campus, and we've yep. played Mario plus Rapid Sparks of Hope. So. What
2: are the other ones, just to refresh?
0: Uh, Dune Spice Wars, Total War, Warhammer 3, and Victoria 3. A game called Triangle Strategy is not <laughs>
1: nominated for best strategy game.
0: I know, right? It's Mario and Rapid Sparks of Hope. It's, just, it's, it's a tactical RPG, it could go under RPG.
2: When I hear this title, I think of like 4X games. I'm thinking like StarCrafty kind of stuff, like RTS, that kind of stuff, like dedicated for that.
1: Yeah, I, I honestly don't think Mario & Rabbids should have been here. I Personally, I, I think they actually should have swapped them. I think Mario & Rabbids is more like a typical RPG, and um, Triangle Strategy is more like a strategy game. But I think because they had to alter the RPG um, definition to fit Elden Ring... With that new definition, triangle strategy fit more with that than & Rabbits did. Yep, probably.
2: I was gonna say like I I haven't played Victoria three, but I've been watching a lot of like YouTube and stuff for it. Like I actually follow a few RTS game channels. Like uh, Potato McWhiskey is a, is one of the big ones. He plays a lot of Civilization. I watched him do a few uh, a few of his live streams and some of his uh, Let's Plays and stuff in Victoria three, and that game looks absolutely fascinating and mind bogglingly complicated. That's why I could never play it, but I did enjoy like the view at least the viewing experience and 2 point campus was very fun it kind of brought me back to like the days of playing like sim city or some theme park things like that uh roller coaster tycoon like those build kind of games and i know the spiffing brit also did uh, spiffing brit did a few videos on 2 point campus and i enjoyed it it's a sega game too which is like surprising
0: well sega published
2: yeah but still i i thoroughly had, had a lot of fun with it i still haven't finished it i have to go back and uh, finish the last few levels and stuff in there, but it's fun. You just turn your brain off and just enter the time machine. You know, you play the game and you realize it's four hours have passed.
1: This category, as well as some other categories, are the ones that kind of like bring up my gripe with the Game Awards in general, where I really feel like it's a disservice to the year of gaming to have the cutoff be mid-November rather than December 31st. I really think that they should push the Game Awards into January or February and allow for all games to be there because a game that just came out i believe it was two days ago that's getting a lot of positive buzz that probably would have been nominated for this category is midnight suns marvel's midnight suns which is a xcom like tactical rpg kind of game set in the marvel universe and it's getting a lot of good buzz and it just sucks that there's games that are coming out this year that are coming out later that are going to get no recognition because there may be like those games that are like they're not the Elden Rings or the God of Wars that if they came out in December, they'll have the the staying power to still get nominated the following year. They're those games that like would be nominated if they came out like a month earlier, but they, they won't be strong enough nominations to like hold that power till the next year. And so they'll never get recognized. Mm -hmm. And, and I kind of wish that the game awards didn't do that because I, I think that those developers have worked really hard. And I look at games like Pokemon Scarlet and Violet and Crisis Core and
0: Midnight Suns that are suddenly not going to get any recognition because of this. Well, next category we have is best multiplayer game for outstanding online multiplayer gameplay and design, including co-op and massively multiplayer experiences, irrespective of game, genre, or platform, you have Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, Multiverses, Overwatch 2, Splatoon 3, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge.
2: I'd like to start this one off, actually. Again, more along the lines of like w- opinions of uh, games stuff that I've heard from other online sources and things like that, Overwatch 2 is super fun, super amazing all the f- like we've had a lot of fun playing that game the only thing that really is the negative stuff is the monetization and the rewards mechanisms for that game if blizzard got that right from the beginning there's no question that this game would have won this game with
0: multiverses like with yeah. multiverses if you play that game co-op uh, locally you have all the characters unlocked uh you don't have all the like customizable options but if you play online, then you have to buy each character individually. I think the monetization, because it's actually a free-to-play game, I would have rather just paid 60 to $80 to buy multiverses and have everything unlocked. Like I don't want to put the time in to unlock all of the characters and all the costumes. I would just rather play it locally with yeah. friends.
1: I will say in defense of multiverses, because I actually think I would vote multiverses here because I think it's the best game here that's like unique. And like new, and like honestly, its monetization is not bad at all. Like, cause I I played Multiverses a bit when it came out, and I played it enough that I enjoyed it and ended up putting some money into the game to get more characters. But when I was just playing casually, like I'd do like five to ten matches a day, and that that's not that much. That's like half an hour of playing. Like I was earning a character every like three days. Like it wasn't massively ridiculous, and they did rotate the characters very often. So it gave you like an incentive to try new characters and try them out and level them up. And I actually think that the multiplayer component to this game is also very strong because it is designed as a 2v2 brawler. And and so I actually, I don't think that the the monetization of multiverse has gotten in the way of its goal. And I actually think that the core gameplay was really fun and really unique. And I, I still want to go back and play it more. They've added a lot of characters since we've last played. Call of Duty, obviously, I I don't care about Call of Duty, but Overwatch and Splatoon, I think just the thing that doesn't impress me about them is I don't think they're massively different from their predecessors. I, I would be reluctant to say that these games deserve to win in this category because they're not new. Like, Overwatch 2 really just is Overwatch. Sure, like, they've, they've made it 5v5, so that changes some of the gameplay. There is a new mode. Like, there are some like changes but fundamentally it it is the same game and same with Splatoon 3 like they've made some changes but fundamentally it is it still feels like the same game and I don't think there's enough here for me to want to give either of them this award at least right now like I'd have to see what they do as time goes on. And then TMNT is like I had a fun time playing it multiplayer but I don't think it does anything different that other beat em ups don't already do.
2: Yeah.
0: I agree with that. Now we're gonna we're not gonna talk about content creator of the year or any of the yeah. five esports categories. That's just something we're not about. So moving on, we're gonna do a new award actually that is something they just started this year, which is best adaptation. And I really like that they're doing this. So just essentially celebrating game-inspired projects across entertainment, including TV, movies, comics, and more. The five nominees are Arcane, League of Legends, Cyberpunk Edge Runners, The Cuphead Show sonic the hedgehog 2 and uncharted so i've only seen sonic the hedgehog 2 and i enjoyed that movie so i can only talk about that but honestly jules you've consumed or are aware of all of these so honestly i think you should take the brunt of this one yeah,
1: except for Cyberpunk, um, which I also, even if I had seen Cyberpunk, I wouldn't be able to comment fully on it because I haven't played Cyberpunk.
2: A lot of stuff that I've heard about Cyberpunk Edge Runners has brought a lot of people back to the game. So it definitely like is a piece of media that revived that franchise, yeah. I guess.
1: Well, here's the thing. So this is why I have two different answers for this. So best adaptation and the way that the description here speaks to me is which of these games most accurately and best represents its source material. That's the way I'm reading it. I'm not reading this as, like, what is the best of these video game adaptations, like, which is the best, like, adaptation in terms of, like, which which of these is the best product. I'm looking at it, like, which one is the most faithful and best adaptation. So if I'm looking at, like, what is the most faithful weighted alongside, like, which one is the best... I would give this easily to Sonic the Hedgehog 2. It's fresh, it's new, but it also adapts a lot of story beats from Sonic 2 and Sonic 3. Um, It represents a lot of the source material very accurately, um, while also telling a new story. The same thing could be said of Uncharted and Cuphead. Um, However, I think Sonic does it better. Like, I think Uncharted left a little bit more... To want as well as I don't think it interpreted the characters quite as I wanted them to despite the fact that I did like it and the Cuphead show is really good but its episodic format makes it really tough for you to weight it against story focused yeah. projects however if we're talking about what's the best thing here there's no question it's it's Arcane like Arcane is probably one of the best animated shows I've ever seen in my life it's like incredible and it adds so much depth to characters from League of Legends that you didn't have before and it is accurate in that way it portrays the characters the way that they're portrayed but then deepens them like broadens their characterization and the story is incredible and the animation style is unlike anything i've ever seen like if this is what is the best project here like i don't even think there's an argument to be said that it isn't arcane Um, i've heard cyberpunk has a really good story probably as comparable to arcane but i doubt it has the animation quality of arcane I, I think Arcane should win this based off of what is the best television or movie project that is based on a game. If we are looking at which one best adapts something from a game, then it should be Sonic the Hedgehog 2.
0: That's a good way of looking at it. Our second last category is Most Anticipated Game. The five nominees are Final Fantasy sixteen, Hogwarts Legacy, Resident Evil 4, Starfield, and finally The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Just quickly before we all say Zelda. Isn't Hogwarts Legacy coming out this year? No, Hogwarts Legacy is coming out in March. Oh, I got delayed, okay. Can
1: I start with this one, actually? Yeah. So, of course, my answer is Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. But what is sad about this is that there are games that I actually believe that had they been nominated for this category would actually warrant a debate for me even though i'm a massive zelda fan and tears of the kingdom is one of my most anticipated games of all time but when you throw things like i get hogwarts legacy it's a big anticipated game for a lot of people because it's harry potter it's the first harry potter game that's that's great and i am excited about it but when i look at starfield i mean this is my personal opinion i i don't think that game should be here I think it's only here because they wanted to represent something Microsoft and something that was different genre-wise. And honestly, I don't think Final Fantasy 16 should be here. I think that should be Final Fantasy seven Rebirth. And replacing Starfield should be Spider-Man 2. And if those games were there... I would actually be debating which one am I most anticipated for, because I'm so excited for Spider-Man 2. Spider-Man was one of the best games. I, I still think is the best comic-adapted game. I think it's better than the entirety of Rocksteady's Arkham Trilogy, and I love those games. And the second one is going to have Venom and be even bigger, and that's super hype. And then Final Fantasy Rebirth is like the sequel to the remake project which is like has massive fan appeal so i don't know why that's not on here
0: but i think the reason why they picked these four games these five games is because all these games are guaranteed coming out next year right
2: they're not getting delayed anymore like in the case of starfield i'm super pumped for starfield because i want space skyrim
1: i want space skyrim 2 gino And I would have been so excited for it if they didn't drop that one piece of information that was like, there's like over a thousand planets to explore because that's just too many planets to explore.
2: That makes perfect sense, though. Space is mostly empty and vague. This is the most realistic space. That's fine. That's
1: fine. But like Mass Effect had that too, and I hated it. I hated that. It's like too much.
0: Zelda, definitely most anticipated game. That's going to be an event when it comes out. Had
1: Spider-Man and Rebirth been here, I actually probably... Today, at least, I probably would have said Spider-Man.
0: Game Awards can have their dumb list. I'm going to enjoy Fire Emblem Engage when it comes out in January. So the last category, the big one, Game of the Year. And Game of the Year actually has six nominees instead of the usual five. And the nominees are A Plague Tale Requiem, Elden Ring, God of War Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, Stray, and Xenoblade Chronicles 3. I personally did my ballot when the nominees went live, I think it was two weeks ago. And I voted for Horizon Forbidden West, and even after beating God of War Ragnarok the other day, I think I still stand by my decision to vote for Horizon Forbidden West. I think Horizon, in general, was just, yeah, like the story didn't have as high of moments as God of War Ragnarok, but the story of Horizon was more consistent, there were more twists, and I think just the gameplay itself is more engaging in Horizon Forbidden West they say like it's the best experience across all creative and technical fields i think the game is better looking than god of war ragnarok and it was a longer experience and i actually went and did more side quests i'm gonna vote for horizon forbidden west but i know it's a meme at this point i think i think ellen ring is gonna win this
1: is player's choice right
0: no this is game of
1: the year Oh, this is Game of the Year. The player's choice
0: one, obviously, like we don't have much power in that because they just keep reducing the list time after time. I would I've voted for Sonic Frontiers for that one. I'm I'm pushing Sonic (laughs) Frontiers. I I do
1: think for game of the year though, it is a toss up. It I mean, I I know you want Horizon, but the reality is it's God of War or it's Elden Ring
2: exactly yeah.
1: and i think god of war has the edge of being recent
2: yeah recency biased
1: Woo! The re- yeah there will be recency bias but elden ring also has the edge of not being it's a sequel bias well, it's Elden Ring, but also it's not a sequel, right? Like it, it is inherently unique in that sense, right? Like God of War will always be viewed as like this is better, like improved version of God of War twenty eighteen, and Horizon will be viewed as this is better version of Horizon Forbidden West. Whereas Elden Ring isn't that, like it's not just like better version of Dark Souls. It is like inherently its own thing. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't know. I I'm gonna I'm gonna say God of War is gonna win. I think the recency will help it, and I think that. It's also just more appealing to the vast casual market. Mm-hmm. Like I, I do think God of War is going to be viewed that way, although it really is a toss-up. No, I no, I changed my decision. It, it's Elden Ring.
0: I'm going into the awards like expecting that. If it doesn't happen, I'll be pleasantly surprised. Game awards are not just about the awards. It's also about the reveals, and we're fans are led to believe that there's always going to be a big announcement or or something that's a a big surprise from companies like Microsoft two years ago or three years ago announced the Xbox Series X at the Game Awards all hail the Bayonetta 3 get announced Smash Bros characters be shown like last year a Wonder Woman game was announced and I as a big DC fan I'm looking forward to that because it's made by the developers of Shadow of Mordor but anyways just for maybe the sake of time what's one thing you guys definitely think is going to be there? and one thing that you really hope is there could be anything
1: um i don't think anything will definitely be there because i don't know enough about what's coming up
0: but i think there are some locks to be honest with you two two big ones sure
1: uh, but i i personally don't i can't think of any but i will say what i hope will be there and this is the same i said this last year and i may have said it the year before as well but where is this crash game They've been teasing this Crash game for like two years, and Crash always gets its announcements at Game of the Year awards. So I hope that that Crash game gets announced. Not even because oh, I want it. It's just because I want to see it. I just want to know what it is. What the hell are they doing with Crash as an IP? Another thing I wouldn't mind seeing is I wouldn't mind seeing... Because we know it's coming, and EA has been teasing it a lot, that they have a major release happening before the end of the fiscal year. I wouldn't mind the formal announcement of um, Star Wars Jedi Survivor's release date. Because it's most likely coming out before March. I actually
0: read something online about Jedi Survivor. They actually might be starting the marketing of the game just before the Game Awards. And there probably will be something at the Game Awards to do with that.
2: Yeah, I was going to say that too. Uh, It's been a while since we've seen anything uh, Jedi Survivor, and it's about time. I guess that's something that I'm expecting to see, something that I'm hoping to see, is like, I really want a new Transformers game. I don't know why or how or if this is going to happen. I want a Transformers game in the vein of War for Cybertron, Fall of Cybertron, because, I I don't know, I've gone down the Transformers rabbit hole again, and I really want to play those games, and I'm going to, but it's just one of those things where it's just like, I'd like something new. And the series, I feel like, needs something.
0: Well, you yeah. you'd be happy to know that... I don't know if it's going to happen at the Game Awards, but I know for a fact there's a Transformers game in development. Oh, shit, really? And a cutscene for the game leaked online. It's not like a motion cutscene, it's like one of those ones where it's like a storyboard and then the characters talk over it. And it has uh, a lot of fan-favorite characters and... People think it might be an MMO, but like no one formally has announced whether it'll be an MMO. I hope it's like a third-person shooter like the War for Cybertron and Fall of Cybertron. But there is definitely a game in, in development. It might be called Transformers Rise. It might not be announced at the Game Awards, but it, it is happening.
2: I didn't know this was a thing, so you just made my day.
0: I'm going to send you the cutscene, and we can watch it after. But okay. uh, anyways, there's two things I think that are a lock at the Game Awards. And the first one is, I think they're going to announce DLC for Elden Ring. People have been begging for that to be announced, and I think if it sweeps the Game Awards, like there's no better chance for to FromSoft to take advantage of that exactly and just release a trailer for DLC. Maybe even like give a window for when it comes out. And then the other thing I think is going to happen is, I think Nintendo is going to show like a new like I know we just got a new trailer for the Mario movie but I can definitely see like Seth Rogen or Jack Black or or even Chris Pratt like somebody one of the voice actors for the movie coming on stage and giving like a 20 second scene for the Mario movie because that movie comes out in like four months and they're really going to want to start to get the machine going like you're going to get kids and you're going to get families going to see the movie you're going to want to maybe try to persuade the hardcore gamer audience that usually watches the Game Awards to see that movie as well. So I think that would be honestly stupid if Nintendo doesn't do something like that. As for things I want to see, I want to see actually, and I know there's a not a very, like I'm not confident this will happen because Guerrilla Games is working on that Horizon VR game, but I want to see the frozen wilds equivalent expansion for horizon forbidden west if it exists i'd like to see something like that as well as just quickly obviously there's a rumor that microsoft's not going to have any presence at all because of the, the complications that have recently arised because of the american government is looking into the the deal and Microsoft. Apparently, the rumor is, like, this is all speculative. The rumor is Microsoft doesn't want to show their hand because then it'll show, oh, how look how big Microsoft is. They have all these games coming out, and Activision Blizzard's going to make that even more of a monopoly or, like, they're going to take too much share out of, of the market. So, like, that's the the rumor right now. I hope it's not true because, obviously, I want the Banjo-Kazooie game to be announced. <laughs> Every single time there is a chance of that happening, that will be... A prediction of mine, so that is continuing the meme of the the Hub World, one of the longest running jokes, probably the longest running joke, because I think I did finish episode one saying Microsoft make a new Banjo game, but uh, yes, I would like Microsoft to announce a new Banjo Kazooie game. There's another weird rumor, I don't know if it's true or not. It, Jeff Keighley actually may have said it, but like they timed their show this year, and it actually is one of the shorter game awards, and honestly, I don't think that's bad because. I they definitely feel along with all the advertisements and they are repeating the same ads over and over again. Uh the the stupid shikbot that that they had that one year. No, it's Gillette Man. Gillette Man. It was That's it. So it was so cringe. But yeah, this is stuff like that. I think that if they they cut out the fluff, they could make a a really short, sweet, and to the point show. I think that would do wonders for their ratings. Honestly, I always love the Game Awards. It's on. It's one of my favorite of gaming events of the year just because like you see the entire game industry come together and like they had that magical moment one year was phil spencer reggie and sean layton on the stage like that can only happen at the game awards that would never happen at e3 or or anything else right so the game awards has had big things happen in it in the past and i hope that this year is no exception so anyways with that being said gino would you mind closing out this episode
2: Alright, that brings us to the end of today's quest. If you liked what you heard here today, hit that like, subscribe, or follow button below. If you want to contribute to the conversation, let us know any ideas for upcoming quests or just share your thoughts. Leave us a comment. We'll see you next time at the Hub. Say Microsoft,
0: don't be cowards and announce a new Badger game at the Game Awards. See you, everybody.
2: See ya.